Welcome to Salt and Pepper Conversations with author and speaker David Savage and Pastor Aaron Thomas. Salt because as Christians, we're called on to be salt and light in a world of darkness. Pepper because as men, we struggle with things like hot tempers and dark thoughts. Let's join David and Aaron for today's topic. Well, good afternoon, Salt and Pepper listeners. Happy 4th of July, my favorite holiday of the year to you all. And Aaron, happy 4th of July to you as well. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Good afternoon, David. Uh, And again, I too want to wish everyone a happy 4th of July. It's good to be back, man. You know, uh, it's funny. (laughs) I keep praying for our show, you know, how, how it all started, praying for our listeners and just hope that people are getting a little something, something from what we're saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, that men are finding a better, more biblical uh, way to look at things through our conversations. Right. Uh, as we celebrate Independence Day you right. know, for our nation, which represents the freedom from rule of England, we also feel a deep and perhaps darker desire to be independent of all authority. <laughs> That's true. It is a sinful nature in all of us, isn't it, Aaron? Yes, it uh, is. My to friend. do whatever we want to do, to have whatever we want to have, perhaps even taking that from someone else. These selfish whispers are in the ears of every young man in the world today and has been since the dawn of mankind. This show's purpose is to name those demons and give young men some hope and how they might better manage them through a life with Christ. All right. So last week, we began on our series of the seven deadly sins with a discussion of pride, the leader of this pack of sins, beckoning us down the path with self-justification to sample the others. This week, our topic is envy. Envy. The (laughs) green-eyed monster. (laughs) Yes, it is. Like pride and anger, envy is also a sin, as we said, of perverted love. Uh, The fault in them is that one imagines that one may gain some good for oneself, and self-love isn't all bad, but it's done at the expense of something, someone else or causing harm to others. <clears throat> Envy really seems to be the nastiest, the most grim, the meanest. Its expression crosses our face in a split second. Few are able to suppress in themselves a secret satisfaction at the <laughs> misfortune of their friends, and few of us are able to suppress a secret envy at someone else's good fortune. Consider, perhaps, the first birthday party you attended as a child. Maybe you're four years old. Give me that toy! <laughs> yeah, and you see, you see the, the birthday uh, guest or, the, or the, the one who's having the party get to open all these gifts. And, and you're looking at that and you're like, well, I want that gift. Where's mine? And I must have that gift. Let and, me get and, it. And then when we're watching, as parents, he'll, he'll take it. He'll go take it away from, or he'll break it. He'll break it so that no one can play with it. This is the sin of envy, and it even made the Ten Commandments. <laughs> Thou shalt <laughs> not covet. covet. Right. So, Pastor Aaron, show us where else in the Bible do we see examples of envy? Oh, man. We see it all through the Bible, um, but it's funny. You call it the green-eyed monster. I call it the beast. And, you know, when you when we were uh, preparing for the show, I had to think about it like, you know, how I experience envy. And, you know, being a pastor— um, Coming to faith late, late in life, I look at men like Robbie Zacharias and uh, Graham um, and watch these men and see their, their gift in God. 
I even envy in God, like in a bad way, like, why can't I do that, Lord? Why haven't I been equipped that way and had to get to that place? Uh, yes, I must confess that this has hit me. And, and it is a sin that truly operates under many disguises and shows up in areas that we may not uh, be aware of. You know, the Bible, I, I, as we go through the show, I want to talk about some accounts and uh, of envy and show you. But one thing, Dave, you know, you started out saying, you know, that we're going to talk about the seven proverbial sins. And, and I, I just want to digress a second just to remind our listeners, you know, we like to be biblical. We know that this is not a biblical term, but it does allow us to go through sins that truly uh, manifest in men that we need to learn to get a, a hold of and like all sin, uh, are deadly, truly deadly. Like, and these, if you don't get a hold of them, the one thing about sin is that every sin encompasses another, right? You know, covetedness, lying, uh, envy, jealousy, you know, which can lead to anger and rage. They begat, they begat each <laughs> they be, other. Yeah, they begat more <laughs> and more. And we know that the consequence of sin, all sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. You know, um, that is an all sin. And envy is that unchecked, coveted want. That that I want what belongs to someone else. Like you said, the great uh, analogy with the um, birthday party. I, I, you have this resentful, dissatisfied longing. I want their possessions, their position, their fortune, their achievements, their success. And I know you. I know you're ready to talk about that. <laughs> I say, I'm guilty. <laughs> right? And envy is jealousy on steroids. Uh, uh, steroids, it's no good for anyone, I including me. In First Timothy you know, 6, 6 says that godliness with contentment is great gain. Envy is the en enemy of contentment because we cannot live in, in grateful contentment when we are focused on what we don't have. Right on. Yeah, man. I'm telling you. Well, one of the destructive forms that envy takes is the widespread assumption that everyone should be able to do and experience and enjoy everything that everyone else can experience, yeah. do, and enjoy. Not. So people who have been wholly content in their own natures and in their expression of them are suddenly persuaded that they are missing something. And that's when, you know, you're out there, maybe you grew up in the country and you've never been to the city. And, you and you know, what you ate uh, for dinner was simple, but... Hey, that Filling was dinner, down. and it was great. You know, then you get over here. Well, hey, I was missing something. I feel like I was cheated, and that's kind of how. And our our society really enforces this. No society in the past has ever so diligently taught people to envy experiences that cannot, by nature, be theirs. Uh, we are not all gifted the same, athletically, artistically, or intellectually. Right. So we can't be equal. You know, only now we're talking. You know, about a, instead of a four-year-old, we're talking about a 24-year-old who may not be in, inclined to the rigors of, of academic discipline. So we must destroy the standards of that discipline and pass ourselves off as graduates. There's lots of uh, vanity publishing in, in the book industry or people that can go get degrees online that are really not that legitimate. But So you tear down the uh, accreditation process so that you can bring others down, and that's what Envy does. So what we were unable to achieve, we will bring low to conceal the sense of failure that gnaws at us. This is what we are experiencing today, appropriately titled the cancel culture. Right. So as long as no talent is required, no apprenticeships to a skill, 
Everyone can do it, and we are all magically made equal. That's, that's the lie. That's Satan's lie that this cancel culture is telling everyone. Uh, to put it another way, we are pulled down to the lowest common denominator. We find no place for the unique, for what is rare, and cannot be imitated. These are the beautiful things. You know, we, we seem no longer to be able to admire, respect, or be grateful for what is nobler or lovelier or greater than ourselves. We must pull down or put down what is exceptional. Now, I know there's a verse, Philippians 4, 8, Aaron. Do you know it? What, oh, it, what does it say we should do finally, about honorable and lovely things? Meditate on them. Right? It says, finally, my brethren, meditate on these things. What is true, what is just, what is honorable, what is praiseworthy, what is a virtue, what is good report. You know, and it's funny. You, you, you said something that really caught me and, and, and gave us a lot of information there because envy does. It takes on many forms. And as you express the big one, people thinking they are entitled uh, to the same experiences and enjoyment in, in life that others have. Like, that's just a crazy thought. You know, I, I can't look at Bill Gates and what he's achieved in life and go, you know, I need a house that is fully automated. <laughs> I need a yacht and a boat and this, that, and the other. You know, the Bible paints a vivid picture, though, uh, of envy's uh, devastating effect. Uh, if left to grow in one's heart, you know, the Bible shows that envy will, uh, will kill you spiritually, emotionally, and physically, literally. You know, you were asking me of some examples, there, and there are many. You know, you think about Cain and Abel. Um, brothers. Cain yeah. yeah, brothers. Siblings. Siblings. And, and, and Cain killed Abel out of envy because God looked uh, with favor on Abel's sacrifice but, not, but, but didn't accept Cain's offering. And it wasn't uh, that God thought Abel was better than him. God was trying to work on a spiritual condition in his heart, right? But he didn't understand that. All he saw was, I didn't get what he got. And it led to this, the killing of his brother. You have, um, who else? You have Esau. Oh, that's a big one. As a matter of fact, there's even a scripture in the Bible. Um, I believe it's in Hebrews, but I won't quote that right now because, you know, sometimes I get lost. <laughs> but it talks about envy, you know. He envied his brother Jacob and had this root of bitterness build up in him uh, because of the blessing of his father that Isaac had given him. Rachel uh, envied her sister Leah because of Jacob and uh, Leah had babies and Rachel had a closed womb until God opened it. Here's a big one. Saul envied David. Because mm -hmm. uh, Saul saw the way that the people loved David, they saw his success in battle, saw God's favor on him, he and, and he won it. And Saul was the first chosen king, but lost favor. And, and the biggest one of all for us is the Jewish leaders envying Jesus Christ. Right? And, and, and because of their envy, if you read in, in the book of John uh, chapter 2, their envy started when they saw people coming. To them, like, oh, he's getting all, 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 all the praise. All the attention. Right. All the attention. Yeah. I want the attention. He's taking attention from me. Right. Right? And, and uh, so they plotted, people think, <laughs> they plotted to kill Jesus from the minute he stepped on the scene. And, and his pop, as, it, as the scripture says, as his popularity grew, uh, their, their hatred and their envy. Envy grew in their heart. And as it says in Hebrews, it's like the, a root of bitterness that, that they couldn't shake. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and and led to that destruction. A envy rots the bones, man. You know, that's what it says in Proverbs right. fourteen thirty. One translation even calls it a cancer to the bones. And we know in James uh, 3, 14, 16, it warns us about the sin of envy. It says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, 
Do not boast it. Do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Envy is, <laughs> check that out, demonic, right? Right. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. That's why you, when you call it a monster and one of the nastiest, it is, man. It is. Um, and I'm going to have to go into a little bit of a confessional mode here Uh-oh. as uh, Tell the someone, truth, Dave. someone Tell the truth. <laughs> who played the game in corporate America. You know, envy will not embrace what is fate given, chance given, or God given. The envious person is moved first and last by his own lack of self-esteem, which is all the more tormenting because it springs from an inordinate self-love. And, you know, so we talk about, like, especially in our society, you know, it's a consumer society. So we have to have more. It's more, keeping up more, with the Joneses. More. I live out in Katy, you know, and all these young men at our church, Aaron, you know, that are out there chasing the brass ring, but they're not home, uh, you know, being with their kids. And, and so, and, and unfortunately, you know, I've done that myself. And it, it just, uh, the rat race is, is the term that's used, you know, it, it's most associated with greed, of course, but it's, it's but even stronger motive is envy. Envy. What it's not really the additional material rewards that a man near the top will set his mouth and slit his eyes toward in order to get near to it. Uh, it envy is what spurs him on. You know, he cannot live contentedly, his talents fittingly employed in some satisfying task, if a colleague rises to a vice presidency. And so Sounds personal. I, I have, well, Sounds you're personal. Right. So so I'm working in corporate America, you know, and I'm saying, hey, this is when I started. This is when that other guy started. This is when I got this promotion. This is when he and you, and you compare yourself to others. And then even Hard though I was very content and I was doing extremely well, you know, the opportunities don't always present themselves across like a nationwide enterprise, you know, at right? the same time. And you're like, Man, I, got, I, got, I got promoted ahead of me. And, and I was probably making more money as a salesman on commission than the guy who got the district manager promotion. And then I was like, but he well, got I should the be title. district manager. <laughs> and then, you know, so I wanted to be district manager. And then when I got to be district manager, I was like, oh, people management, this isn't any fun. You know, <laughs> like that. Well, this other friend, you know, he got promoted, you know, to be, you know, a European manager. And I said, well, I, I want to be a country manager, you know. So then I, then I become the North America sales manager. And then – that's what's really interesting when you get high up enough in the company and you realize that you're on this plateau and you're kind of like, it just isn't satiating this thirst or hunger of the whatever it was that was driving me to do it, right. which was envy primarily, like I said. But, but then you're, you know, everybody's coming to you when you're the people manager and they're saying, Hey man, I need a guy. I need a guy over here. Uh, we have, uh, all this business out in West Texas, you know, in Odessa, Permian, no one wants to go live out there. How are we going to convince this guy to go live out there? I was like, well, bring him in, man. We'll talk. And we'll I talk was like, him. I was like, uh, <laughs> Keanu, Keanu Reeves and the Devil's Advocate. You know, I was like, bring him in. Oh, you know, you're the greatest. We we can't live without you. We've been thinking about you and watching you, and you stroke that ego. And man, everybody likes it. You right. really like it. And and you get your head turned, and then you you take this promotion. You sell the the couple, the wife too, and and you move them somewhere that may not work out and then he leaves the company because he's unhappy and then you're like god we gotta go find someone else to go <laughs> you gotta go and, sell the same thing to somebody else it's just it's horrible you know and I, I i look back with some remorse and regret on the roles that i've played you know in doing that but that is 
you just can never get off that hamster wheel. You know, you're just always trying to, yeah, well, the next position, next position. And, and fortunately, God showed me, you know, I'd, I'd risen to a pretty high level. But I started seeing the guys that had the global managerial jobs, and they're never home. You're working across all time zones at all times. You never have a moment to yourself. So en- envy lends you led you right down a bad path, a wrong track, separated you from family, made you do crazy things. And that and, and that's it, man. Right. Envy uh, being, like you said, I, I said it disguises itself in so many ways in profession and, and things, plaques, plaudits. We want, 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 want these things. I want this because he has it. I want it because he got it. I want to get it before anybody else gets it. And it just pulls us away. And that, and that's just it. Sin pulls us away from God. It's, it's interesting, a very interesting way, uh, uh, Dave, to present envy. And, and there is this uh, thing that men, we have to realize uh, we're all created in the image of God, in, in the image and likeness of God. And God has gifted us with individual talent, skills, and intellect, strengths, and gifts all for his glory. And being envious of a man for something he has that you don't or something he can do that you can't means that you aren't appreciative. This is my take. You know, I, yeah. I, I was listening to what you said about, but you're not appreciative of what you have or, or working fully in your blessing because you're focused on someone else's and, and, and what uh, you don't have and what they have and, and that envy thing. You know, people are even envious of wicked people, the Bible says. You know, and, and the Bible tells us don't be uh, uh, envious of the wicked when they're prospering and when they're doing well because uh, this is their blessing because in the end, we know what's coming. They're eternal destruction. Right. But we get caught up in becoming what we hate in that in that envious cycle, like you said. You know, we become this selfish, self-absorbed, me, 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 me person. And we don't even realize it's happening because, like you said, it disguises itself. We go, oh, no, I'm always looking out for the next guy just as long as he don't get <laughs> ahead of me, right? right? As long as he's not the vice president before me. You know, I, I haven't had those struggles, Dave, you know, but – in 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 ministry as a man of God, and it's a big thing. Pastors not uh, trusting other pastors, thinking they're going to steal their church, or because this pastor is more um, dynamic of a speaker, right? But this one's a greater teacher. And believe me, it goes. Envy crosses all lines and all bounds, and it's definitely in the church. It's even in the pulpit. You see it. I've experienced it firsthand, and and I have to say, I've been envious of men of God you know, wanting and, and had to really have somebody like yourself and other men to come beside me, slap me ahead and go, uh, you be thankful what you have and work what you have and work what God is uh, uh, doing in your life, right? The most effective way to, uh, uh, to, in, uh, to avoid envy is to trust in the Lord and delight in him, right? Trust in the Lord. The Bible says in Psalms 37, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Um, take delight in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. If you're seeking the Lord for the desire, you don't have to be envious of something you don't have. You just have to be prepared so that when it does come, you know, the one thing about God is I always look at it like this. If I don't have it and it's actually going to do me good and bring glory to his kingdom in some way someday, then I'm going to get it. Or even if it's for my enjoyment to where I'll know where every good gift comes from above from him that I'll give him a praise and a glory because I know it was something like for me, you know, I've, I can't say I was always envious of a house, 
Okay, I have it. Okay, you know, people have a house. I never thought I'd get one. One day God told me I'd get one. That settled it. Eight years after he made the promise, I got the house. Right? But envy says you can get it now. Envy will cause other sin, like I said, cause you to become manipulative, destructive, hateful, deceitful. We just went through a whole bunch of people in the Bible who did some crazy things because they were envious of somebody else. You know, one last point I on this I just want to make is Davis. If we did, uh, as men, trusted God and looked at each other as, as God sees us, we would rejoice with our brothers for what he has and what he's able to do. You know, it's just crazy that we don't instead of trying to take what he has. But like you said, it is fostered in our world, in our society, in, in, in television. Yeah, I, in fact, that's, that's the next place I wanted to go with it. But right? I, I did want to – there's a couple of scriptures I found that were just – you know, it's these warnings. You know, it's like, look. the Bible warns us too, you know, so that we can, we don't have to experience it and then regret it and then ask for forgiveness. There's there's a possibility of actually avoiding it. If you go to that wisdom, that's what we're trying to do out there for you young men out there. Listen to us. (laughs) James 3.16 says for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and evil in every practice. I think you might've said that earlier. Ecclesiastes 4.4. And I saw that all toil, and achievement spring from one person's envy of another. See, he's trying to be the pastor now. Now I'm yeah. really envious. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, if all the sins are loveless, envy are peculiarly so. They seem to find nothing in the world, not in the whole creation, not in anyone else, not even when they are turned to what is lovely. Envy is unable to love because it's riddled with fear, that, that gnawing fear that if someone else gains something, I must be losing something. There must be a reason why it's so unbridled now, and this is what you were touching on, Aaron. It's it's our society, so we're this consuming society. And but what's also happened is manners. We don't really have manners anymore. People are are more than willing to talk openly in public and 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 be I don't know other word to put it, but this bitch, you know, about other people. And now you add social media to that. There's just unrestraint because you're sitting. Uh, privately, wherever you are, waiting maybe in an airport, and then you're offended by something that you see on Facebook. And you're like, well, I'm going to zing them back. But it's like you're sharing that with a very large audience of all your friends you know, on Facebook. And so you, you lash out. And now this whole concept of uh, Internet bullying and everything has become a big problem. So how do we, how do we get that restraint, Aaron, when we're by ourselves and now with the social media to, to not send those emails, to not uh, post those things on Facebook where we lash out at others who may not agree with our political views. Right. Well, um, yeah. And people think that they have the right to say something. And that's envy. Like your opinion can't be greater than mine. Mine can't be greater than yours. But like to answer your question, it's like this. If we walk by the spirit and live by the spirit, um, As it says in Galatians, it says, if we walk by the Spirit, live by the Spirit, and stay in step with the Spirit, our lives will bear the fruit of the Spirit. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. We need to allow the Spirit of God to to guide us. The whole thing about our show is to direct people back to God and what he can do. You know, um, envy will stop us from being and living fruitful and productive life. So when you find yourself coveting, envying that which is not yours, just stop and pray and ask for guidance. 
Well, let's, let's pray right now because this is this is something we all struggle with. Dear Heavenly Father, we just ask that you would uh, yes, Lord. be our restraint when we're in these situations, that we would recognize this enemy, this demon. We don't talk about these deadly sins today, so people are ambushed by them. The devil is clever, wily, and we just call upon your knowledge, your wisdom, your will to help us in these struggles that we fight with daily against sin. And we just ask you to be with every listener out there who might be going through similar experiences. In Christ's name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you for listening. Tune in again. We'll see you uh, Sunday next week, same time, same place. Thanks for listening to Salt and Pepper Conversations with David Savage and Pastor Aaron Thomas. Tune in next time as we tackle more tough topics to train a generation of better men. You can contact David and Aaron through Salt and Pepper Conversations at gmail.com. That's Salt and Pepper Conversations at gmail.com. <laughs>